Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor. Taking your calls and your questions, give me a call, 303-690-3000, We uh, spent the entire show yesterday uh, talking to Brett Kunkel, uh, from Maven uh, Ministries, uh, Maven in Southern California, because he is going to be uh, here at uh, Calvary tomorrow night, Friday night, uh, because we have a special conference aimed at middle school, high school uh, students and their parents on the topic of identity. It's called Undivided Attention, and we're going to be tackling the topics of homosexuality. Um, what does the Bible have to say? about the transgenderism, LBGTQ questions, and all from a biblical perspective with love and compassion. And it is a free event. Food trucks are going to be on the property at 5 p.m., and then the doors are going to open around 5.30. Things start around 6.30, and you are invited. It's free, 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 and we are welcoming you to come. So we didn't take any calls yesterday. I know a lot of you uh, were trying to get in on the air and weren't able to. So uh, I want to uh, invite you now to call today if you weren't able to get in yesterday. Uh, 303-690-3000. Of course, you can text me. We have a dedicated text line at 720-336-0897. This broadcast is heard live on the Grace FM radio network all throughout Colorado, Wyoming, Nebraska, online at gracefm.com, gracefm.com, or on the Grace FM app, which is free. You can take it with you anywhere you go. And then we welcome everyone on the Hope FM network uh, on the East Coast and the Truth FM radio network. So we are going out to seven, uh, eight different states here from Aurora, Colorado, where um, where we uh, originate the program right here at Calvary Chapel in Aurora. So give me a call, 303-690-3000. And the, um, the uh, lines are filling up, so let's just go right to the phone lines. Ace is calling from Sterling, Colorado. Ace, welcome to the program. Hi, Ed. Thank you so much for taking my call, and I just give praise to God that uh, you guys have developed a station to help so many, as you have helped me in the past, and you've even aired... Uh, church, what we've gone over, and I'm calling again. Uh, Great. And I'm asking hey, Ace, for help. Before, before you prayer. ask your question, can I can I just ask you a question? Sure. What was the origin of your name? What were your parents? Did they have a Did they have something in mind when they named you? Uh, actually, my name is a nickname. My first name oh. is Arabic. We've met at at Calvary Aurora, and I actually moved down there to be part of the uh. the church. And I just love it. You've I met love with your name. me and my son, and 
I've had to come back to move down to Sterling to be closer to my kids. Oh, you so, bet. No, I'm just, I just yeah. love your name. I wanted to encourage you because I have a feeling that you are, you got a heavy question. So I just wanted to lighten up a little bit. No, thank you. Yeah, well, the, the question is, uh, well, actually the prayer request, which I'm going to ask a question after on how you can guide me on this or through the okay. top of the course of the Lord. I have uh, a couple that are friends of mine. And right now, they're going through marital problems. And he told me the other day that he and his wife are going to separate, and he was really down about it. And so uh, I spoke with him for a little bit and then asked him if he had faith in God. And he says he did. And I said, well, great. Uh, can I pray with you? And he says, sure, you would love that. So we, we got together and we prayed about his marriage. And I told him to have faith and be strong that God's in control. And, you know, as long as he steps out of the way and lets God do what he's going to do and that he remains faithful, that the Lord will bless him and guide him. And uh, today he sent me a text of what was going on between them as far as what they were conversing about. And I said, well, if you like, um, can I go ahead and speak with her and find out where she is in this and to see if, you know, I can kind of guide her in a way, too, to see if, you know, you guys can turn around and get to work together on this and not just feel like it's lost. And he says, well, yeah, that's up to her. So I did get a hold of her, and with his approval, I'm going to speak with her tonight. And I just wanted prayer over that situation, because the Lord is mighty, and yes. prayer is amazing. I had difficulty that time where I called you, and I was suicidal, and you guys talked me through it. Yes. And prayed with me, and changed my life around. So... um this is really important to me because I know God has helped me and he can yes. help anybody as long as they seek him and follow him. So I just like prayer over their, their circumstances and guidance tonight to go ahead and uh, let the Lord speak through me and, and help guide them back into getting to work this out. Okay, let's do that. Uh, Father, you know the, the difficulty of this situation and um, you just know Ace's heart, his, his love for his friends and, and, um, you know, you have everything. Um, you have everything under your sovereign control. And God, would you would you strengthen my brother as he trusts you with this situation? That you would use his mouth and his mind uh, to communicate uh, in a way that that God would honor you uh, uh, in a way that would um, elevate you in the situation in a way that would bless Lord those that um, that are in our, in his life and those that you know. Um, uh, you know, God, what you want to accomplish and, and you know how you want to, uh, work in this situation. And so we just pray that you would bless him, uh, and use his voice and use his friendship in a way that would honor you, Lord, in Jesus name. Amen. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate all of you pastors there at Calvary Aurora and you guys are amazing. I'm happy you guys are men of faith. Um, we're very blessed. Oh, so, okay. Oh my goodness! Can you can you tell me what would be a good passage in the Word that I can possibly share with her tonight? Which where do you want to start with him? Like, where do you think the conversation is going to go? Well, I, her uh, dedication as far as within the marriage, because it seems that she's the one that just wants to throw in the towel. So, whatever the issues, are, I don't know what the issues are between them or what's causing that. But that she doesn't really want to put forth any more efforts that she's just done. Uh, well, it's you know it's, it's a find. hard 
it's a hard situation to isolate just one verse because, you know, I if I was sitting down, I'll just tell you what I would do. If I was sitting down with them, I would listen very carefully. Uh, I would I would listen to see what's on her mind, why she's thinking that, and I would put the burden on her. You know, does she consider herself a believer? Uh, that I have yet to question tonight, but I'm, I'm almost I'm almost assured that she is. In so her own I would, manner, I you would know. definitely build on the relationship that I have with her uh, in terms of what a believer does and doesn't do. You know, I think I think of the passage in uh, um, Jesus teaching us, and I think it's in Matthew where he says, "Let our yes be yes, and our no no." And when we get married, we make a commitment, and we we ha- we make a covenant, we make a lifetime agreement. And there's certainly situations coming up in her mind that's leading her to want to quit and want to bail. And I would want to hear those. I would want to hear what the situation is. I would want her to be able to share it and give her the privilege, you know, to express it. And, and because I don't know what I'm walking into, you know, I would want to be careful not just to throw a bunch of scriptures at her, but rather honor her uh, as a human being and honor her as a woman that's probably hurting. No doubt uh, if divorce is in the picture, I know that she has a hard heart because the Bible, Jesus says that divorce, the only real reason divorce happens is because of hard hearts. And I would, I rec, I would just want to recognize that, you know, I'm dealing with someone that's hardened, hardened toward God, hardened toward her husband. Uh, and, and so I, you know, I, giving one verse is going to be hard because I would hate for you to have this one time, you know, opportunity with her and, and find out that, that all you did was throw Bible verses at her, and she did, she really wasn't open to dialogue. So, um, well, I was definitely going to question the, her first to see where she was with faith, and then I'm yeah, leaning go, really hard on Philippians. You know, if I do all can do all things huh? to God who strengthens me. Nothing's impossible yeah, with God. So. Yes, and I think your friendship and your love for her is good. I mean, the the Bible is very clear: uh, don't deal treacherously with the wife of your youth. And I think that's also applicable to. Um, to a husband. The Bible speaks of uh, what God has brought together, let not man separate. Um, the Bible's clear on marriage, and I think she knows that. The, and, and you can use those, um, you know, you can use those passages. If you email me, I'll send you a list of marriage passages um, that you can use that how the Bible defines marriage and what, what marriage is and how we're to stick it out and let our yes be yes. But I think your love for her and your ministry to her um, will be a great bridge for you then to use these these scriptures and and you know it, any marriage problem is always two two ways it's not just one way um, and and yeah, so even though she wants to him too it's everybody's involved yeah. it's two parties not just one everybody has so a I'd, sense I'd, in this as to why things aren't working I just yeah I want to find out I just want to sit and find out and I think the fact that you're going to meet with them and talk about marriage I think they already know um, divorce is, is not from the Lord. You know, if she's being, if there's physical violence, you know, or if there's something that is, she, she has cause for her safety. Uh, we definitely want her to be in a safe place. Uh, she doesn't have to submit to uh-huh. abuse or anything like that. Uh, but once we deal with that, you know, know that she's in a safe place, she'll say, Hey man, it's worth working out. Why don't you just sit down with the pastor? Why don't you, uh, what does your pastor say? You know, have you talked to your pastor about this? What what does your pastor say? What does the Bible say? What does Jesus say about marriage? And that series of questions will lead her to the same place each time. Um, and so I'll be praying for you, bro. Call back and let us know how it goes. Thanks. I appreciate all of you. Like I said, thank you so much for what you helped me in the past. 
You're welcome, friend. I'm just looking God forward you, to man. seeing the miracles of God come through on this. I agree. <laughs> All right, man. You take I'll care. You, you have a blessed day. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. Taking your calls and your questions. 303-690-3000. Uh, let's see what we have here. Let me get back to my call screen. Line two is Ron in Denver. Ron, welcome to the program. Hey, I just got a simple question there, Pastor Ed. Nobody okay. can seem to answer this question. Um, uh, I shut the door on dating about 20 years ago. Okay. Except for about 14 years ago I had one date, but in the meantime, I was talking to some friends, and they had mentioned relationships. And when I told them I no longer believed in relationships, I felt something pull away from me. It was resistant at first, almost like elastic, uh-huh. but then it was gone. Okay, and what's your question? My question was, what would that be? Something that would uh, physically pull away from you. You couldn't see it, but it was, I mean, it was tangible almost. And it was just like almost elastic. It pulled away. You were saddened at first, it was gone, but then it was gone. So are you saying that, are you telling me that um, you had a conversation with some friends, you told them of a new conviction you have about relationships? I just and they don't just believe in them, away? yeah, and then that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the question is what, what is that? Yeah, what would that what would that have been? Uh, it was probably their way of expressing to you that they disagree with you and don't like your no, opinion. No, what would pull away from me physically, spiritually? What do you, I, I don't I don't understand. You're going to have to clarify it for me. Okay, you're standing there talking to somebody. You tell them, yes. "Look, I no longer believe in relationships," and picture someone pulling a sweater off your body. Okay, that's Is that what, what I you felt. felt? It was like something um, was tangible that was felt. It was pulled away, and it left. Well, it's kind of hard to uh, it's kind of hard to describe what your feelings are in light of the scriptures. You know what you felt, but uh, I can I can imagine that that separation that you felt a little bit of a separation, like like taking your sweater off, is that they probably didn't agree with you. And I don't know what probably, I don't know how you're. See, I was talking to some people. They had no reaction to what I said. This was all me. Well, I it was no something that happened that to me physically. It was like, but it, you couldn't see it. Yeah, I've never come across that. I have no idea what it is. Huh? Okay. It was just to me. It was strange. It was like it you, you would take a strange, rubber glove but... off your hands. You know what I'm saying? How it was resistant. Yeah, I mean, you can gloves. only speculate. I mean, huh? for me, externally, I can only speculate what it was. I mean, you were in the moment. What do you think it was? I haven't the slightest idea. Well, I mean, put it together. You were sharing a different uh, viewpoint with someone, and even though they didn't have a, um, they didn't have a feeling. Maybe you felt like you were just a layer of transparency was coming off of your life, and you were being more honest with someone than than you usually were, and you had some kind of feeling associated with the transparency in your life because that's a pretty big thing to tell people that you're not interested in relationships anymore. Uh, I haven't been in fifteen years. Yeah. You know, you just people you, you just get fed up. You just get fed up, you close the door, you don't talk to anybody, you just keep yourself. Well, I mean, God did, certainly hasn't des- designed us for that. Um, you know, the Bible says that a person that isolates himself rages against all sound judgment. So, you know, he certainly hasn't designed us to be outside of a relationship, but to put parameters on re- relationships and to um limit types of relationships. That's certainly within um, the biblical narrative, but God's made us for community. Uh, he's well, the only made us relationships, to have relationships I have are just like 
my casual relationships right. at work and my son. That's it. Well, good. I'm glad that you kept the relationship with your son. That's an important one. Well, you know, I mean, that's I'm a single parent. That's yes. That's what I have. He's he's my life. <laughs> Amen. Well, he's uh, you know, what I a mean, blessed man um, you are to have a son. Yeah, I don't know what I do with that in the past twenty years. I don't know where I've been. I, all right. God well, was, I guess you add me God to the list me. of. You can just add me to the list of not knowing what it was. Cool. All right. Thanks, bud. Right. See you, Ron. Bye, bye. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand. Got open lines. Ian's calling from Colorado Springs. Welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hey, what's up? Uh, been going through quite a bit. Um, and I've been praying pretty hard for quite a while uh, to call you. Um, I'm down here in Colorado Springs. I go to Calvary Worship Center with Pastor Al Pittman. Yeah, um, I just had lunch with Al today. Oh, did you? Yeah, good man. I love that guy. Yeah, he's great. He's awesome. Um, all right. Uh, I, I'm i an addict. I have a legitimate um, uh, spine um, from that I need surgery. Okay. And I've been on opiates for... Over eight years before that, I was an alcoholic for 10. I'm 40 years old. Um, we have a program called The Most Excellent Way, and we yes. also, also a heart of addiction, um, which I, uh, I, I did, and I, you know, I did the six-month class and whatnot, because um, I've just been trying and trying, uh, and I... Something changed, and I had just had it, and because became such a slave to it, I, I've lost everything. I turned forty, and I feel like and so I started the uh, intense cold turkey withdrawals. Uh, I didn't sleep for four nights. Um, I'm on day seven, though. I de- I have slept uh, last couple. Thank goodness, thank God. Um, and what got me through uh, is I love your podcast, first of all. <laughs> I love your sermons. I love your take on things. Um, and what I did was I just put it on and listened to endless podcasts nonstop. I did nothing to feed my head with word. Um, it was It's crazy. Uh, I, um, we've been in Samuel and about David, and it's just been crazy how things have lined up um, and the take you've uh, um, expressed while, during your sermons on this. And so it, it just really hit home. Okay. what's and So how can I help you? Prayer, prayer, prayer. Uh, okay. I'm, I... Uh, I'm trying to get out of my comfort zone for the first time. I went to the church yesterday and just asked to serve, so I just cleaned all day. Um, okay. I tried to, but they didn't have anything for me. Um, uh, but I'm in pretty rough shape. I have no doubt that I'm not the only addict sitting right now, or anyone who is, um, you know, dependent on a medication like that. Yes. And uh, well, let's pray. I have I have failed so many times, and I've lost so much in my life. I've lost everything. Mm. 
I have a 17 year old daughter I haven't seen since she was one. And I'm not allowed to see her, and she lives in the Springs too. And that kills me. And that feeds my addiction. Uh, and so uh, I know where to turn, but I don't know where to turn. <laughs> uh, well, I think that when we talk about addiction, um, let's let's make sure that we understand because you just said something that concerns me um, on your thinking, and that is uh, being unable to see your daughter feeds your addiction. Yeah. Um, let me rephrase that for you. Uh, being not being separated from your daughter uh, frustrates you and hurts you so much that you choose to turn to drugs instead of turning to Jesus Christ. And That's so the exactly situation the do, doesn't feed your addiction. You you make choices, and right. just like the choice to call the show today, and and what God's wanting you to do, both in your sobriety, you know, and, and especially in your sobriety, I should say is to learn how to to make your choices that are not self-destructive. Um, and being under the influence of, of drugs uh, does numb the feeling a little bit, but doesn't solve the problem. As you well know, it, it actually creates more problems to the point where you have lost everything. And the, the, way, out is, well. yeah. the, the way out is, is exactly what you've learned already, and that is, your full dependency upon the Lord by trust, by faith, because you know you're you're talking to someone on the radio that has been clean for twenty seven years, twenty no, actually twenty nine years. Wow, and, nice. Ed. Well, let's see, eighty nine, ninety one, twenty seven years, and okay. and so not not by my you know not because I'm so strong willed and not because I'm just I I have the willpower, but because God is a delivering God. Uh, he he delivers. He rescues. Uh, he strengthens. And and even even though that choice uh, can come at any time to 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 me at any time, um, I, I've just learned uh, to trust God and to live for His strength. Because man, I, I don't I don't want to go backwards uh, in my relationship with Him anymore ever. And. And so if you change your, even just learning to change your, your terminology, um, mm-hmm. you know, learning to change the way you see the world with eyes of faith and not the worldly thing, because I know being separate from your daughter is very painful. Uh, it's very hard. It's not fair. Um, but, but the only way you're ever going to have her back in your life is if you can walk in sobriety and the victory of the Lord, because I'm sure that's how, that's probably part of the problem. And yeah. And it's what, just like a I've self-destructing prayer, circle. Uh, just real quick, is that I've thought about, well, when she, because uh, what it comes down to is she's going to have to decide when she wants to meet me. Yes. It's going to be her rules. And yep. in prayer, I've gotten, I've thought, all right, what kind of man do you want her to see when she decides? And, That's right. Um, That's good. That's and, a great way of looking at it. And uh, so that really is... a huge part of why I just dropped it, you know, even though I, I got to wait till September for surgery, I don't care. I'm just, you know, at a, at a bottom and, you know, going Let's through the rough bro. process and um, trying to wait on the Lord and have, get strength through him because I don't have it. Yeah, that's right. That's just well, let me pray. Yes. Ready? Thank you. 
Father, I pray for my brother and lift him up to you, God, as I hear in his voice a sincere desire uh, to live in a way that honors you, um, a, sincere, a sincere desire to live um, with your uh, power, empowering him moment by moment. And these different open doors, different opportunities, um, different, um, different challenges and temptations. Lord, I was just, I was just reading uh, recently. You were showing me in your Word how you are a faithful High Priest, and who's able to help us in all our, uh, to rush to our aid in all of our temptations. Um, Lord, you, you're not ashamed to call us your brethren. Uh, you are. Um, I just love this. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise has shared in the same, that through death you might destroy him who has power of death, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Uh, you don't give aid to angels, but you do give aid to the seed of Abraham, and you give aid to my brother. You are a great high priest. You are able, it says, to be a merciful and faithful high priest, um, making propitiation, or you paid the price to, for the forgiveness of our sins. And if you can handle our biggest problem, which is sin, then you can handle these other problems that come because of our sin. And so I pray for my brother, Lord, that he would walk in your freedom and he would walk in your strength and that we look forward to the phone call when Ian calls and says he had some time with his daughter, Lord. We look forward to that by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ed, thank you so much. And I was going to ask if I could check in sometime and let you know how it's going. Absolutely. You bet. You All should right. do that. Thank we you want so to know. much. I'll be okay, looking brother. forward Bye-bye. to uh, the podcast and the, the radio. Huh. Right on. We're, we're honored to be on the radio. God bless you, All man. All right. Thanks, brother. Bye-bye. All right. We're coming up on the uh, end of the first half of the program today. So grateful that you've joined us. Um, and just take the few moments in the last part of the um, of the program to remind you tomorrow night, Friday, is a free event for you guys here in the Colorado area. Uh, we have a free conference that we're putting on called Undivided Attention. It's a free conference aimed at middle school and high school students and their parents to equip and to engage and to uh, educate on the topic of our identity from a biblical worldview. It's a loving, compassion, a loving, compassionate night on the topics of homosexuality, uh, the LGBT community, uh, and pressure from our culture, transgenderism, and you know, parents. I know it's you know you hear these topics and you're like, I don't know, man. I don't want my kids to be uh, talking about these things, but definitely if in their public school, they are definitely already talking about them. And even on a, from a homeschooling parents, you know, when they're interacting with other kids, this is the topic. These are the confusing days in which we live that um, unfortunately it's because of our culture, it's in the music, it's in the movies, uh, it's on the Disney Channel. Uh, you know, unless you live, as Brett Kunkel, who is our guest coming out to teach, uh, he says, unless you live in a cave, um, you don't interact with anyone or anything else. Uh, this is the hot topic that's driving a lot of questions uh, in kids' minds. And we as a church want to be on the front lines equipping and encouraging and strengthening, uh, helping you disciple your kids in the ways of the Lord. Uh, and so come on out. It's free. Some food trucks will be on the property around 5. Doors open at 5.30. And uh, everything... 
starts around 6.30. And it's just going to be a glorious night dedicated to the worship of Jesus Christ uh, and um, a time of equipping. It's going to be great. I'm so grateful that our youth pastors, Pastor Joel and Pastor Keegan, have invested so much time and energy in prayer along with their leadership teams to stand on the front lines for our kids um, and be a tool in the hand of the Holy Spirit in discipling the next generation uh, on a lot of topics, but especially these topics. 303-690-3000 is the number to call. Text me. Uh, The text line is really light today, which is fine, but man, very surprising. Uh, But you can text me if you like. uh, 720-336-0897. Coming up to the one and only break. We'll be right back on Calvary Live. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. That was a very quick break, but we're glad that we had it. Um, I'm glad I didn't get up uh, and walk away. <laughs> 303-690-3000 is the number. My name is Ed Taylor. I am uh, taking your calls and your questions. Um, just so grateful to use technology uh, for the glory of God. Uh, we do podcast Calvary Live uh, remember, Calvary Live is a is a program here originating from Grace FM that is live. Uh, uh, it's live when you call in. It's live when we answer questions. But you guys on Hope FM and Truth FM, you actually hear the broadcast one week later. Um, but it is a call call in program and a text in program where we take your calls and questions and we talk about the things of the Lord. We pray together. Uh, we ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and encourage us and strengthen us and. And so today is no different. And um, because of the timing of the show, I just wanted to let you know tomorrow, tomorrow night is an Undivided Attention Conference. You heard Pastor Joel voice uh, the the spot just during the break, uh, a reminder. And we've been really talking a lot about it because uh, we want you to be a part of it. Uh, We want you to to bring your kids and grow in the things of God. But we've got, um, um, let's see. So let me just see here. Uh, it says Daniel was on the line, but he um, sermon on the radio was in Samuel mentioned a book in which a 30 year old hermit saw the devil as a woman. Um, I have no idea what you're talking about, Daniel. Um, not sure. So um, I didn't say it. I'm teaching in Samuel uh, right now. I think we might be in Samuel on the radio in abounding grace, but I have no idea about a book that mentioned a 30 year hermit that saw the devil as a woman. Don't know. All right, let's go to line two. Open lines, 303-690-3000. Rory's calling from Denver. Rory, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Um, I had a question. Um, I was reading in Daniel here a while back, and uh, I was wondering if you could clarify who uh, who's speaking to Daniel. Um, I know different people have say that uh, it was the angel or archangel Gabriel speaking to Daniel, but uh, I believe, or from what I gather, that it was Jesus speaking to Daniel. Can you clarify on that a little bit? 
Yeah, that's the view that I hold to in Daniel 10, uh, that the heavenly visitor in verse 5 is actually a, what, what's known as a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Um, some people think it's Michael because he's mentioned later uh, in the chapter, or some have suggested Gabriel, as you say, but all intents and purposes, it's the same kind of vision uh, that Isaiah had in the presence of the Lord, uh, that Peter cries out in the presence of the Lord, that John cries out in the presence of the Lord, and so does Daniel. And uh, that's I, I hold to a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ, a, what's known as a Christophany. Correct. Yeah, that was my uh, that was my understanding as well. Um, and one of the only reasons I believe that wholeheartedly is because, like. You said uh, a lot of people say it was Gabriel. I know in like chapter nine, it's it, you know Gabriel talking to, or earlier chapters of Daniel. <clears throat> it's actually Gabriel that's one the one speaking to uh, to Daniel. But in that particular uh, chapter ten, there, uh, you know, uh, Daniel says, uh, "Who am I?" Or how, how, how you know how. Who am I, or how am I even able to speak with you, my Lord? You know, and mm-hmm. um, if if it was Gabriel, you know, why wouldn't Gabriel say, "Well, um, you shouldn't call me Lord," for for one, sure. you know? Yes. So, so that's kind of yeah. how how I feel about that as well. But yeah, thanks for your uh, clarification on that. That's uh, um, what I um, was wondering about. Yeah. Yes, that's a great observation, and I like the way you handled the text. I think that's that's a good uh, piece of of exegetical um, homework that you did when you're using the text to support your view. Like that's that's the best way to handle the Bible. What does the text say? What does it mean? And that's how you come to your conclusions. So that was a good support argument that you gave. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I've asked the Holy Spirit, you know, to guide me when I do read the Bible, and I, I feel, I hope that He's leading me in the right direction, you know. And um, I would, I do have a little uh, prayer request. I would like to, to, uh, if you could offer a, a prayer for our youth and just society in general. I mean, we we do live in such a messed up world, and. And with all the school shootings and everything, you know, if you could just just send out a, a prayer for everybody. Well, Father, we know you know the the what your word says. I was just looking at this yesterday, Father. The uh, what the Bible, what what your word says, how it's going to be in the last days, and as your return gets closer and closer, what is the world going to look like? Uh, what is the difficulty going to look like? And and it's just it's it's a grim. Uh, it's a grim list in Second Timothy chapter three, and it's a grim list on the news today. Um, it's a grim list in what it looks like in the world today. And I pray God that you would uh, fill um, believers with your Holy Spirit that we might be the men and women uh, that you want us to be—salt and light in the earth—that would love others in your name, God, serve others, uh, and infiltrate this really dark world with the light and the love of the gospel. And that we would be used to fill heaven, Lord. We're not interested in filling churches. We want to fill heaven. Uh, we want to fill heaven with true born-again believers uh, and, and, and exist as the church on the earth today, uh, growing and discipling and loving one another 
And so we just pray for the kids and those that are caught up in the middle of all this, uh, that you would be glorified, that you would be honored in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Pastor. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right, 303-690-3000. Let me go to, uh, we're waiting on a couple calls here. We got one open line. Let me get a text question here. Uh, it says, uh, Scott from Parker, uh, Colorado. When do we when we die, do we go to heaven or do we wake up at the judgment seat after the millennial kingdom? Uh, when we die, we, we don't go to sleep. So there's no time of waking up. We are our last breath on earth. As believers, uh, it as believers, we wake up in the presence of God. For unbelievers, they wake up in torment in Hades, which is a temporary holding place that will eventually be thrown into the lake of fire. So the judgment seat is not yet, um, but we will be in the presence of the Lord, uh, and we will not. There is no um, time. There is no time in between um, that would include anything like soul sleep or anything that we need to wake up from. There's no purgatory, nothing like that. You're instantly as a believer in the presence of the Lord. 303-690-3000. All right, let's move on to Garrett. It looks like on line three, Denver, Colorado. Garrett, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Ed, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm good. Um, well, yeah, I just wanted to encourage you with your ministry. Thanks for the good things that you do. I've, I have been encouraged in the past. <laughs> oh, good. But, um, What's up? Yeah, so I guess uh, I just had sort of, um, I just wanted to make a general comment about unity, and then I had a question about eschatology and just like what your view on it was. Okay. But uh, a, a really good brother of mine, um, we were just talking about, you know, so many differences of opinion, like in, in church and uh, there are so many denominations, and he just reminded me. I felt like as if the Lord was speaking to me. He was like, you know, when we keep our eyes on Jesus and what he's done for us, and there's true unity. And we, like, you know, when we major on the more minor things of doctrine, and we want to hold so dogmatically to the more minor things, I feel like, like God is, like, displeased with that, because because, like, people are disunified over it. And I'm just, I was so encouraged by that, and mm. I just wanted to kind of relay that message. Okay. Um, anyhow, uh, also, I, I did have a question as as far as eschatology end times and the uh, Israel and church distinction. Okay. Um, I was reading Zephaniah uh, chapter 3 a couple weeks ago, and it was just talking about how the Lord will take away the shame from Zion and restore the fortunes of Israel, I think. It was just something to that effect, and I just felt as if, like, those promises are for the Church. And I don't want to say they're not for the nation of Israel, or ethnic Israel, but I think that God has in view primarily all that are in Christ Jesus, Jew or Gentile. Like, would you say that was correct? No, I wouldn't. Uh, not from Zephaniah, you know, and this is where we have to be real careful. There was another call or a text, so we can kind of combine these things, uh, because I think there was a text question that I didn't get to about the promises of God to Israel and how they might apply to a believer or to the church today. And and so Israel is its own entity. It is its own group of people. Israel is and always will be the apple of God's eye, um, there is ethnic right. Israel, 
and then there's spiritual Israel, which would include the church that's been grafted in. Um, you know, the church has for the church in order to be grafted in, there has to be an entity that they're grafted into. Uh, and so when we are taking what's said in the Old Testament, uh, that the covenantal promises of God to Israel, the first and foremost um, application of them is to who it was given. Uh, and for example, um, which verse? I'm in Zephaniah. Do you remember what verse it was in? Uh, Zephaniah 3, I think starting in 14 or 16, somewhere around okay. there, either 14 or 16, but you, you'll pick up on the sense of it. He was yes, like promising so, that he was going to take the shame away from Zion. and uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, just You can explain what you think that's saying as far as... Well, in verse 14, it says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all of your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your judgments... He's cast out your enemy, uh, the king of Israel. The Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. And so God is obviously, um, I would have to look at the, the context of the time period, but he's speaking to a group of people that probably within the Babylonian uh, captivity uh, that's come to an end. And he is speaking to them of both a time period of, of rescuing in the moment and probably looking forward into the millennial period where King Jesus is going to rule and reign for a, for, for a thousand years, uh, and they'll see disaster no more. Uh, there'll be a time right. in Jerusalem where you don't have to fear anymore. And these are clearly um, promises to the nation of Israel. So how, how, could we, how could we or should we make the jump into present-day believers and some of the well, promises given to the nation of Israel by principle can be applied to all believers in Jesus Christ? Um, sure, but but here you are you you and I here I am in Aurora, uh, the promise that Jerusalem will um, will it will be said in Jerusalem do not fear Zion let not your hands be weak, is not a promise to me in Aurora and not a promise to you in Denver, because it's a promise to those that are in Jerusalem. Right, but you know we are going to be inhabitants of the New Jerusalem, and you know I think the New Covenant does make clear that. How all those promises are yes in Jesus, you know. Paul said, like, all things are ours, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think that you can take the New Covenant to, to be meaning the old, all of the Old Testament promises are to as many that are in Christ Jesus. And I'm not advocating replacement theology per se, sure. but I think the... I have just been convinced that the thrust is to, as people that are in Christ whether they are ethnic Jews or whether they are Gentiles. Well, as long as you, as, uh, I, I can, on some of the, on some of the eternal, on some of the eternal, um, oh, I'm lost for the word, but the, um, the parts of God's nature and love that do not change, his promises mm-hmm. are true to all believers. But as long as you come to that conclusion, biblical conclusion, that the the application of the verse is to the nation of Israel. That that you, if you can't you can't extrapolate it unless you handle the text properly. And so from from Zephaniah's right. writings, he's writing to a specific audience in a specific time, and that's the interpretation. You may be able to come to an application, 
but to to read the new covenant promises you know that you realize how close you are even though you said you 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 don't you don't fully re, um believe in replacement theology but you you realize that you had to qualify your thought by that because you're it's very what what you're saying is very close yeah i and i recognize that i just think that the way that <clears throat> israel in the old testament read that because like the the Pharisees and the Essenes and all the religious groups in the first century were expecting this national deliverance, but Jesus said, you know, Jesus and then John the Baptist were proclaiming the spiritual kingdom of God made up of those who are of faith, the true descendants of Abraham. And I just think the nature of the nation of Israel has been trans was transformed in the new covenant from the ethnic national entity to a spiritual entity. Right, so I, I would wholly disagree with that, one hundred percent. Because now this is how I would this is how I would describe it. Um, once and for all, the unchanging the nation of Israel as a ethnic entity exists forever and ever, distinct and and distinct and right. A, so you've got you've got the nation of Israel. You have. The any anyone outside of the nation of Israel, which would be the Gentile world, and then you have a third group known as the Church, and the Church is made up of redeemed um, Jews and Gentiles, and the Jews within the Church have not lost their ethnic ethnicity; um, they right. have the fullness and the completeness. So, so I don't I don't believe in any way whatsoever that Israel became a spiritual entity in the sense that they no longer right. they lost their identity and ethnicity. They haven't. And I know it's it's probably a matter of hermeneutics, um, because like uh, several years ago, I did have more of a dispensational hermeneutic. But I just I guess the more I've the more I've read, the more of you know some teachings I've listened to, I just feel like I don't know. I just feel like the Lord has led me more away from a dispensational hermeneutic, and you know I don't want to. Uh, come off as like, you know, being anti-Israel, <laughs> because I do believe... No, I don't hear that. Yeah, but, okay, well, I'm glad. Yeah, I don't hear that, I I, but, but I... No, I don't hear that at all, but I, I think that that's the... You're on that platform. I mean, you're not... I don't hear that in your voice at all. I don't hear that in what you're saying, but but uh -huh. in order to handle the text correctly... For example, so I'm, I'm flipping through Zephaniah. Uh, in verse 14, uh, it's a pretty clear interpretation. By the time you get to verse 17, though, when it says... The Lord your God is in your midst, the mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness, quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. Um, those are truths that are that are time, timeless. Um, Absolutely, those, yeah. You, the the those believer are can look at that and rejoice. Yes, like, and and yet with with the same. But I haven't left. I haven't left the exegesis of the text. The context is over the audience of Zephaniah, but when, when you come to verse 17, that's a universal truth. It's an Old Covenant, New Covenant truth. It's even a greater truth, sure. according to Paul, yeah. when he says in Romans, how much more um, in Jesus yeah. Christ, how much more in the New Covenant. Um, but the New, the new Covenant, uh, in, in, its, in its expression, points to the fullness of who Jesus Christ is. And and even right. though you've left dispensational, you know, maybe you've left a dispensational hermeneutic, it's impossible to read the scriptures without a dispensational sure. viewpoint. Because if you believe in the no old and the new covenants, then you believe in at least two dispensations. Right. Because, you know, I was trained, I was trained initially on the MacArthur Study Bible, and I know that, that the MacArthur <laughs> has a very 
he, he's got a very thorough dispensational hermeneutic, which I've appreciated his viewpoint there. And um, I guess I suppose, because I know Paul does say in Romans Romans 9 through 11 how God seems to still have a very special place for the nation of Israel and that he's going to bring them bring the Jews in, because he's, like, making them jealous by the Gentiles now. And you have this, you have the real, this reality that the nation of Israel was basically just burst out of nothing again in 1948. Like, I, I can't deny that that's, uh, you know, that has to be something going on. Just the fact that Israel would I, be a nation after so long. I agree. I, I agree. Well, hey, yeah. I've got a call waiting, so thanks, Garrett. Yeah, thanks, thanks Ed. Have a nice day. Okay, bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Great conversation, great dialogue. Uh, let's move on to Eddie in Baltimore. Eddie, welcome to the program. Yeah, how you doing? Good, man. What's up? Yes, yes I just called because I have a question, you know, uh, wait on the Lord. I mean, what what you do, you know, whether you pray and wait for an answer, what you really, what what, what is it all about? I mean, really want to know. Well, when you when you think of the phrase waiting on the Lord, it usually implies that someone is in relationship with God and has put a request before God and has not seen an immediate answer. And then we come to the phrase waiting on God, and generally we're waiting on God for an answer to our prayer. We're waiting on God for his um presence to be known. We're waiting on God for his leading to be seen. We're waiting on God for his confirmation. Um, just like you are on hold right now, um, waiting for me to answer the call. You know, the you you knew and had anticipated what was going to happen, and all you needed to do was wait. You could have hung up and I mean, just said, I mean, forget about I mean, it. I'm not going mean, to wait. I mean, you mean you wait. I mean, you, you mean so you keep, on, keep on praying? That's what you're saying? Yes. Jesus, that's what Jesus said, yes. Jesus said, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and keep on knocking. So yes, you do that in waiting. As a matter of fact, Eddie, I did a Bible study. Uh, in in um, If you email me, I'll send you a link. But I did a Bible study, and my title was, What Do I Do While I'm Waiting on the Lord? Right, right. I, act- because- I actually answered this question in a whole Bible study for our church here. Yeah, because we, you know, we, we are... I can lift up my eyes and see, you know, we're living in a very dangerous time right now. Yes, yes. Uh, with, uh, with a lot of churches, really, you know, they uh, preach, uh, you know, the easy gospel these days, you know, just to fill the, fill the you know, the sanctuary, and everything goes, right? you know what I mean, you know? And yes. And it's, it's not what I, but the Bible says about, and our pastor, you know, asked us to, to pray for that, and Wait on the Lord. <laughs> wait yes. on the Lord. That's because you know, I, you know. That's I want to know. You know, uh, should I wait for you know? Stay there, wait or something, or just get up and get up. But sometimes I don't. I don't have to really explain. I don't have to really explain this. But I just what I do. Just wait and then my knees, or just wait and in the next the next couple hours go back again and and request the same thing. That that's what I mean, right? Yeah, I mean, waiting doesn't mean that you are idle and that you don't do anything. Um, waiting means that you are in a position of expectancy from God while you're busy about the Father's business. Mm, okay, all right. I think I that's think a good I question, Eddie. How, how's the yeah, weather in Baltimore today? Well, this going. Uh, it was purchased. It's 
expecting some thunderstorm. We had real bad weather, you know, yesterday on the floor. A lot of flood, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a location in Baltimore, and like a city that they have uh, uh, flooded in 2016, and yes. uh, uh, it got flooded again today, the other day. So uh, wow. it looks like it could be a ghost town, but a lot of people they won't they will not they will not invest the money to rebuild. So this is a very oh, sad good. situation there. It reminds me to pray for my friend. He's pastoring a church in Baltimore. Uh, he oh, moved out. Did? Yeah, he moved out to um, uh, where is he? I keep forgetting. I want to say Fells Point. Is that a place in Baltimore? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. oh, that's yeah. a very in the heart of the city. That's where he's at. Well, yeah, his, Baltimore he, City was a very. It's another thing, you know. We we pray for you know, for revival. I pray for revival because you know uh, the things happen. You know, the children. You know, teenagers killed in an officer the other day, and you no, know, and then. No. It's just a really, 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 really bad situation all around. But you know, and everywhere you go, I guess it is. Yes. Uh, yeah, Baltimore City. Yes, it is bad. Re- remember well, him? It's called. The, um, what's the name of your, what's the name of your son? Uh, no, it's not my son. He's my friend. Uh, oh, and your friend. Oh, I, oh. Yeah, the name of the church is Haven City Church. His name is Josh Taransky. I think I heard the name. I think the name the name of the church was you know. Yeah, he's in Fells Point and uh, just doing a great work there. And he he shares on his on on his blog and on his tw- on his social media that um, God is using him in a great way. But it's a challenge, like anywhere to plant a church, it's challenging. But man, he's making a difference in the community there. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's what that's what we need. That's that's what all this is our 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 paper our our, our script. That we had we had to be positive in our in our community. You know because. Yes. So, okay, sir. Well, thank you it's so much, stuff. sir. And Thanks, God Eddie. Bless you and keep on doing your good work. <laughs> okay, thank you, brother. Bye bye. Thank you, brother. Bye bye. 303 690 is the number. 303 690 Let's see here. We're going to go to uh, uh, Edgar in Greeley, Colorado. Edgar, welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for having me on air. Hey, we got just a few minutes, Edgar. So, how can I help you, bro? Yeah, I had a, just to I had a prayer request, and I had a question. My prayer request is that I'm about to get married on July first uh, with my wife that I've been with for 12 years. But it seems like yes. just these last couple of weeks, we've been having uh, issues, and she's been kind of like just wondering if this is from God or not. But I really love her, and I I want to be with her. I have two kids. I'm 28. She's 26. And I just yes. want prayer for the for the Lord can talk to her and let you what the Lord wants because, you know, I'm kind of hurt, but I just want the okay. Lord to show me. And uh, that's my prayer request. And my question, this is a very important question that I have. Uh, on the Bible, it says that, it says, Christ said, be, be perfect as my, our Heavenly Father is perfect. So I realize that a lot of churches, Christian churches, um, they believe that you can't be perfect like Christ, but... I mean, the Bible says that when He gave us the Holy Spirit, Christ lives in us, and we no longer alive, but Christ is in us. So how can something that's so perfect that lives in us still make us unperfect? If Christ says He's perfect, that would practically say that the Holy Spirit is not perfect, but God is so perfect. So that's my question there. How can we become perfect when most of the people that are Christian don't believe that that's possible? But Christ was perfect and we must die to our desires for christ to live in us but once christ lives in us wouldn't well, that make us perfect 
Well, let's let's think about that for a second. Um, have you ever made a mistake? Yes. Has you have you ever made a mistake as a believer? Yeah. So so you're not perfect, and you never will be because you can't undo that mistake. The Bible says if you commit one sin, if you break one part of the law, you break the whole law. And so the whole point of Jesus instructing us to be perfect as our Father in heaven is perfect is to reveal to us that in our in humanly speaking we it's impossible that we're never going to be perfect we need the righteousness of christ in order to stand before jesus christ but because god lives in us he doesn't take away our imperfection in the physical realm you still make mistakes you still fail you still sin if we confess our sins he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness your failure doesn't make god uh, imperfect your failure just reveals to you that you're a failure and I'm a failure, and apart from Jesus Christ, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fail even more. But when I abide in Christ, his righteousness is my righteousness. His perfection becomes my perfection. It doesn't make me a perfect person, but instead his perfection covers my imperfection. Uh, it doesn't change my nature. I'm still an imperfect person, but spiritually it changes my nature because I'm born again and I'm alive to Christ. So don't confuse the reality of who you are and who Jesus is and who you are physically and who you are spiritually. Anything in Christ is perfect. As one brother said earlier, yes and amen. But anything that has to do with you or me and my failures, we, we are imperfect. So I'm sorry, Edgar, the, call, the show caught up with us, but thanks for your call. Hey, thanks for joining me today on Calvary Live. You hear the music. We're going to be out real quick. Go to church this weekend. God bless you. Thanks for joining me. Privilege to be in your life. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.